Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me, as always, the Canadians fan himself, Slim Cliffy. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Um, wild game between the Habs and Canucks last night. I, I said on yesterday's show how um, Sunday afternoon I was watching that Minnesota-Dallas game, and I turned it off, and it went 5-1 in the third period and ended up 5-5 going to overtime. What do you think I did last night? Shut it off for nothing after the first period. I mean, it was a late game. Like the first period ended at 1230 a.m. here. So um, I wasn't going to stay up till 230 watching that game. I mean, I probably could have, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, and anyways, I shut it off, woke up this morning, checked it because I, I had a Vancouver stack. I was like, you know, maybe they got a goal or two, um, um, you know, because of score effects and all that. Sure enough, a 7-6 game. Um, don't mind the Habs giving away points they should have had, though. We want them in the top five, the top five of the draft uh, come June. So uh, pretty exciting game. Pretty nice slate that we have up ahead here tonight. Before we get to that, how did you do last night? Uh, I got sent to Narnia pretty quick. I had a lineup set early, but then, like, there was that news with, or non-news with Hyman. So, I, like, I kind of changed my lineup around because I had – New hook in my early lineup, <laughs> and I took him out because I wanted all eight players in case Hyman was out. And New hook from in price had two goals. I had Vancouver with Edmonton a little bit, but it it was no good. But it's fine. I'm saving my run good for tonight. We got a big some big GPPs on DraftKings. FanDuel pricing is still wildly awful, um, but yeah, fun little nine gamer. Uh, short NBA slate tonight, so maybe some NBA guys jump into that uh, energy, the 444 energy line on DraftKings tonight. So, yeah, fun. Always fun when we get the NBA guys to to hop on over. I can't tell if I'm being sarcastic or not. I'll decide later. But, uh, yeah, non-gamer. We should – Probably get. I mean, we don't have a show. There isn't a show on after us until five thirty, but we don't want to run wildly late. Today. But since y'all are here, give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, almost all of our content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five star review personally this first game of the night is quite a spicy meatball here so let's talk about it the los angeles kings with a 3.2 total heading into ottawa the senators have a 3.3 total 
Phoenix Copley, probable for the Kings. Cam Talbot, confirmed for the Senators. Arthur Kaliev, up to the top line for the Kings. That's like quite the dream for me. Um, looks like Kempe is down on the third line with Velarde and Ayafalo, who's back tonight. That's a pretty nice third line as well. Man, six and a half, not too much ownership here. Both sides are looking great. What are you thinking? Yeah, both sides do look really good here. Um, we'll start on the King side, Fiala, Kopitar, Kaliev. Um, like, they're always prospects. Like, I write about season-long fantasy hockey at a different website, and they're always prospects that you keep your eye on, like, outside of the, you know, top five or top ten in, in any given draft. Um, you know, over the years, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko was one, you know, like 10 years ago or whatever with St. Louis. Valerie Nachushkin uh, was one uh, when he got drafted by Dallas. Um, you know, Tage Thompson is uh, another one of those guys that kind of came around. Um, Alex DeBrincat, obviously. The next one for me is Arthur Kaliev. He went early in the second round for the Kings a few years ago. He was a guy that, um, as a prospect, the only question about him was whether he would be dedicated enough um, to keep developing his skills in the NHL. And whenever I see something like that, I'm like, I mean, maybe a player can get lazy in the NHL, but um, if he play, if he keeps developing his skills and playing well, he can earn tens of millions of dollars over the next, you know, decade plus. So there's a pretty big incentive to, you know, um, play a little bit harder you, in the NHL than you would, um, you know, in NCAA or team U, or the USA national team or, you know, the CHL or what have you. So he was a guy I kept my eye on. He did, he had a good season, a good rookie season last year. He was pretty much on the fourth line the entire year, like playing like 10, 11 minutes and still had a decent year. Uh, another good year so far this year, eight, I think it's eight goals, nine assists in his 26 games, playing 11 minutes a night. Um, I wrote him up in the picks article up at stochastic.com free for everyone to read. So head on over to stochastic, just click the NHL section. And you'll see my article there. Um, he's in the 95th percentile of goals scored per minute in the NHL uh, so far this season. He's like 16th out of 300 players, 300 plus regular forwards or something like that. His shot was something that what made him stand out as a prospect. Now, I don't know if his playmaking ability, like his passing and so forth, is quite up to snuff yet. Um, I think that's kind of why it's taken this team two months to get him, you know, out of the bottom six. Um, but he doesn't really need that when you're on a line with Anze Kopitar and Kevin Fiala, right? Like they can do a lot of the playmaking and transition work. He's just got to find an open spot to score. So I really do like that line combination. Um, they are on different power play units. Um you know, which kind of sucks, but, um, you know, the second power play unit for the Kings has arguably been the better unit um, anyway this season. So it's not like it's a big negative for Kaliev. So I really do like that Kings top line. I don't know how Ottawa is going to match their lines. It's something that I mentioned in Discord not long before we came on the air. Um, in Ottawa's last three home games, they've used three different lines <laughs> as the shutdown line. They've used the Stutzla line. They've used um, the second line, and then they had one game using the third line. So I don't know what the matchups are going to be. I don't think it makes a huge difference. Um, the Ottawa third line has typically not been that great this year. The Ottawa top line, very, very good offensively, but also giving up a lot of chances defensively. So I don't think it really matters for the matchup. I do like Fiala Kopitar and Kaliev here tonight. 
um, I, you know, one thing it's that they're very reasonably priced, right? They're only 15,100 as a trio on DK, uh, more expensive on FanDuel because Kaliev is like 5,800 or something on FanDuel. It, like, it's, you know, it's a bit much bigger decision there, but for a mid price line, I really do like, um, the spot for, uh, Los Angeles one here. Um, you know, like I said, uh, the Kings' second power play unit is probably the better unit, but Ottawa just takes a lot of penalties anyway. 3.8 times shorthanded per game this season. Um, the Kings are good at drawing penalties. They're above average uh, in the league in uh, power plays per game. Um, you know, they split the power play time pretty evenly, so it can kind of hurt. But I think they do get their chances here tonight against Ottawa. Ottawa has been on a big slide. The defense Defensive numbers haven't been great. Like I said, the top line hasn't been that great defensively. So I think it's a pretty good spot uh, for that Ottawa or for that Los Angeles top line here. Sorry. So I do like Fiala, Kopitar, Kaliev on the Kings side. Like I wouldn't argue with playing the Kings second line. I think they're, they've been playing pretty well. Um, also um, their numbers are up and down, but like for $700 more, you can get right to the top line and you'll probably get a couple more minutes um, at least out of Kopitar and Fiala. So I like Kings one on the Ottawa side, their top line has been really, really good. I know um, they've had, they've had a bit of uh, trouble scoring at five on five at times. Like I think Ottawa has the worst five on five shooting percentage in the league over the last month. It's either, it's either like the worst or the second worst. So like um, they've been having their problems, but they're generating a lot. And I got to think it's just a little bit of bad luck mixed in there. Um, You know, Brady Kachuk's still playing exceptionally well. He's one of the biggest, um, scoring chance contributors in the NHL, um, i.e. Um, either scoring chances for himself or scoring chances um, that he assists to his teammates. So I do really like that Ottawa top line here. They are expensive, um, you know, coming in 20200 on DraftKings, um, but they do get quite a bit of ice time. Um, the Kings penalty kill has not been very good, like around the bottom five in the league over the last five weeks. The one area where Ottawa really has been excelling is on the power play. Um, you know, you get two out of the three guys on the top power play, you know, with Stutzler and Chuck. So um, I do like both top lines quite a bit here tonight. Our top stacks tool has um, that Ottawa top line only at about 4%. It kind of makes sense um, considering where they're priced. But um, I, I think they make like a if you don't want to pay all the way up for, you know, a super expensive uh, Dallas one line. If you don't want to play uh, an expensive Columbus line on the road, if you don't want to play uh, a relatively expensive Pittsburgh line at home with a couple of guys sick, we'll get to that in a bit. I think Ottawa's top line would be the pivot that I go to. They have good leverage here tonight. They're a good line in a good power play spot. So in this game, I think it's both top lines that I like the best. In a nutshell, I'll probably have more of the Kings just because they're cheaper, but I think both top lines are in a pretty good position uh, to score here tonight. So uh, Ottawa one or Los Angeles one is what I'm taking from this game. Yeah, I agree. Just to add on to that a little bit, I don't mind like if you don't want to full stack anything, you can go like Velarde, Kempe down on that third line. They'll be on the top power play. They're not getting any ownership right now in our current run. Just keep an eye on that throughout the day if you're interested in getting some Kings power play not on the top line. On the blue line, I think Dowdy or Dursey, depending on which Kings line you want to stack, Makes the most sense there. Matt Roy, I guess, is in a decent spot for a punt, like decent price on DraftKings anyway. On the Ottawa side, uh, Tomas Trabot, 
if you're using either of the top six of the Sens lines, he's 5,300. That price is still very good. Travis Hamanick, I think, is fine. If you want to use Zaitsev, I guess you can because he's on the top pair, but I'd rather play Hamanick. Yeah, between Doughty and Dursey, I would just in a nutshell, I would probably go Doughty. Um, he plays way more minutes. He'll carry a better projection. Dursey's not really been shooting a lot. Like I'd, I'd kind of only play Dursey if you're playing Kings 2, make some sort of power play stack. Um, I think you can go that direction. I do I do like Doughty here tonight. On the Ottawa side, I did write up Thomas Shabbat in the power plays article or in the picks article. One, because of his of the price, like 5,300 on DraftKings, he'll probably play like 25, 26 minutes. Um, that's really good. And like I said, it is a good power play spot uh, for Ottawa. So um, I do like Thomas Shabbat quite a bit here tonight. He probably comes in highly owned, but I, I mean, it's, you know, 10% for a defenseman. It's, it's, it's fine. Um, if I want to go cheap, it's probably Travis Hamannick. Um, He's put up some pretty good peripherals in somewhat um, limited minutes. And he, I think he gets a time on ice boost with Artem Zub out um, over Zaitsev. Uh, I don't know if, if that's going to happen for sure. But, you know, if I have to pay relatively the same price for the two of them, I'll just go with Hamannick, the guy that's been there um, most of the season anyway. Yep. Agreed there. Let's move on to Detroit. The Red Wings have a 2.6 total heading into Tampa. The Lightning have a 3.8 total. Huso is probable. Vasilevsky confirmed. The carousel of the Detroit top line keeps on spinning. The top line is now David Perron, Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond, moving Kubelik down to the second line with Michael Rasmussen and Pia Suter. I... Ah... That's how I feel about that. Like I would have had some interest, a little bit of interest in Perron, Lark, and Kubelik just because they're fully correlated on the power play and Tampa does struggle a little bit on the penalty kill. For me, this is a Tampa game. This is a Tampa one game. This is a Tampa power play game. I think like their ownership's fine. Um, but, you know, I do really, really like the spot. I think it may go overlooked compared to a couple of the other spots tonight. Yeah, I I agree with you on Tampa 1. Um, I like Tampa 1 a lot here tonight. I wrote up Kucherov in that um, picks article. The one point that I made in that picks article is Kucherov's on pace for something like 38 goals and 123 points. And he's doing so with the lowest shooting percentage. Um, of, it's either of his career or since his rookie season. And the lowest on ice shooting percentage, that is uh, the shooting percentage of himself plus his line mates, um, since his rookie season, uh, it's at like 7.9% or something like that. And he was in the double digits in each of the last four years. So he's on pace for 123 points and it's his worst shooting percentage season by a lot of metrics. Like, like he really could be doing a lot better than 1.5 points per game, which is just crazy to think about. Um, that top line has been really good controlling the play of late. It's just been the finishing. Um, their last 100 minutes together, 3.7 expected goals per 60 minutes. That's a huge number. Only 1.2 goals because they're shooting 3.5%. That's the entire problem is you're just waiting for them to get out of that shooting percentage funk, um, at least at even strength. But they're all playing massive minutes of late, like all of them playing around 21, 22 minutes of late. Maybe they play, maybe, you know, Hagel might play a little bit less moving forward with Anthony Sorelli back, but it seems like they're really leaning heavily on that top line. And I think rightly so, like they're just playing exceptional hockey. Um, so I do like that Tampa top line tonight, especially 
Um, where Tampa does draw a lot of power plays, they're at 3.9 power play opportunities per game, which is amongst the highest, if not the highest in the NHL this season. Um, and Detroit's penalty kill has been on a big slide. I think they're 27th um, by goals against on the penalty kill over the last five weeks. Like they've, you know, they started the season the first two or three weeks. They were pretty good on the PK. It was something that we wouldn't really target for a while now. It's been on a big slide. So I think it's even if the Tampa power play has struggled and they keep rotating Sergachev and Hedman uh, in and out uh, from game to game, it is a really good power play spot for Tampa. So um, they're still coming in with positive leverage, even though they, they're coming in around 10% owned. Like they, they'll probably be, I think, maybe one of the five highest owned lines on the night here tonight. But I think that's still just fine on a nine-game slate um, where this team has a 3.8 home total. So I do like Tampa 1 a lot here. I do like the Tampa power play. So, you know, if you want to take out um, Hagel and put in Stamkos to make it even more expensive and, you know, probably more unique, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, whether you want to add in Sergeyev, that's up to the individual. Like I, he, he definitely has had some big games, but for me, the problem is like the peripherals haven't really been huge for him. So you're really relying on a lot of point production for him to really reach his value. Like, and even like a goal and an assist wouldn't really be that great of a game from a DFS perspective. It'd be fine. You'd take it, but it's, it wouldn't be huge. So, um, yeah, whether you want to add in Suryachev, it's up to you. I, I don't think I'm going to have him in, in my Tampa stacks, but um, we'll see when that comes. But, yeah, I really do like that Tampa one spot here tonight. On the Detroit side, I don't know if I'll be getting to any of the Red Wings. Like, it's been it's only been a couple games together with Raymond Larkin and Perron. They have been good in a very small sample, but um, we do have a larger sample of Larkin and Raymond not really playing super well without Tyler Bertuzzi um, beside them. Uh, David Perron, I think, is a suitable fill-in. He's a pretty good playmaker and goal scorer in his own right. And they are coming in with decent ownership uh, levels, like only about 3%. The problem is, is like their price tonight on DraftKings at least is 17200 and, you know, the Carolina top line, which is in a much better spot, um, is cheaper. The Montreal top line is cheaper. The Los Angeles top line we just talked about is cheaper. And none of them are coming in higher than like 6%, 7% owned. So like, are, are you going to go away from better spots with cheaper lines um, just to save a couple percentage points uh, on the ownership? I don't think it's worth it. So I think Detroit won. If you're playing a ton of lineups here tonight, if you're playing like 50, 100 lineups, I think there's something there, there's something there to consider. But um, if you're just like doing a single entry or something, I think I would probably look elsewhere. Probably not a lot for me on the Detroit side here. Actually, I don't think this is a game where I'm really stacking uh, one of their lines. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be getting to any Detroit in single entry in MME. Could be a different story. Let's talk about the blue line. You mentioned, you know, your Gripes about Sergachev, I agree with them. You can add him in. I don't think it's necessary. Other than that, like, I don't know if there's a defenseman in this game that I want to start, like, I want to put into my lineup. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, you know, Chernak's price is cheap enough where I think he's playable. Um, you know, I'm a Jake Wallman guy. Uh, so I always got to at least mention Jake Wallman, but. Yeah, yeah I, I prefer him as a $2,500 punt rather than $2,800. Like at $2,800, there are other options you can go to. So, 
yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't think there's a defenseman that really sticks out to me as as somebody I'd say like you should really consider playing them tonight, other than correlating with your with your stacks. I agree. There, Chicago Blackhawks two point two total heading into New Jersey. The Devils have a three point nine total. Arvid Soderblom, Vitek Vanacek confirmed. Devils have a higher total than Tampa here, and they're coming in with less ownership. Um, this is a very very good spot. Our stochastic projections have the top two lines almost identical in projections. So which line are you going to? Yeah, I think that's probably something to mention here is, yes, New Jersey has a very high total, um, but they're kind of like Carolina in the sense that there are three different lines that can score. In fact, New Jersey's third line um, has the highest third line projection on the slate here tonight and they have a higher projection than some second lines across the league, like higher than Anaheim and higher than Montreal and higher than Dallas. Like New Jersey has three legitimate lines that can score. Now I wouldn't go all the way down and, and, you know, stack Michael McLeod and, and miles morning So I don't think you really have to go down that far, but Jesper Bratt was a guy I wrote in the picks article today. Uh, him and Nico Hischier, along with Thomas Tatar, have been really, really good together. 3.9 expected goals for, 3.9 actual goals for um, Brad playing, you know, closer to 18 minutes of late. Hischier's reliably uh, around the 20-minute mark. Brad has been one of the biggest scoring chance contributors um, in the NHL this year. Um, I just talked about that with Brady Kachuk. Like, yes, for Brad's also, I think, in the top 15 um, of NHL forwards this season. So, um, I think it's a great matchup as well against that Chicago top line. Um, Jonathan Taves, they said he's sick and is a game time decision. There's going to be a bunch of those guys. We'll talk about them as we go through the sh- through the show, but he'll be a game time decision. But I don't think it matters who the center is for Athanasiu and Patrick Kane. Um, you know their numbers have been pretty bad no matter what this year. Um, you know, well over three expected goals against per sixty minutes. Over three actual goals against um, the Chicago penalty kill has been a little bit better of late, but, you know, not good by any measure. I think average would probably be, you know, the nicest thing you could say about it. So I think it's just a really, really good matchup, both a five on five and on the power play for his year and Brad. So at the very least, I, could, I would use those two. I think you can throw in Thomas Tatar as well. Um, his price uh, on DraftKings is only 3900 So that's pretty reasonable. It's a little bit higher on FanDuel, so it's a little bit more. Um, up a question mark there, but I really do like the devil's top line. If, if people want to play Hughes and Mercer instead, like I, I wouldn't say no. Um, all I'll say is that Hughes, Mercer, and Halla offensive numbers, they've been good. Like they're scoring a lot of goals, right? 6.7 goals per 60 minutes, which is wild. Um, but they've only played 55 minutes, only 3.1 expected goals for, which is still good, but not, you know, anywhere near his year and Brat. Um, Hughes has had some inconsistent ice time games at times. Um, so I, I, I think I would just go to New Jersey one, but the entire New Jersey top six definitely in play here. I don't see myself getting to anything on the Chicago side. I like, I don't know where you would want to go to here. Like it would obviously be the top line specifically. And especially if Jonathan Taze plays, but, um, it's just really too tough. Like the devils are still one of the best defensive teams in the league. Manichek's, you know, certainly been playing well after, you know, a couple of rough starts to start the season. So I, 
I think you're seeing it in the implied goal totals. This is a New Jersey game, and I like the Tatar, um, Hishir, and Brett uh, trio the most. Yeah, I think if I had to play a uh, New Jersey line in single entry, it would also be that Hishir Brett combo. I'm in my single entry. I'll tell you, I haven't even built my lineup, but I'm going to be out on Chicago. Even in MME, I'd probably be under the field. If they got into my portfolio organically, then I'd leave them, but I would not force them in. Um, on the blue line, I think Dougie Hamilton's in a really good spot here. Ryan Graves' price just doesn't move, really. He's like 3,100 to 3,700 on every slate, and I think 3,600 is fine. On the Blackhawks side, I guess maybe like Connor Murphy for shot blocks or Jack Johnson, but like I'm not running out of my way to put a Blackhawks defenseman into my lineup. Yeah, um, I wouldn't either. Like I was kind of interested in in the drop in in Jonas Siegenthaler's price, but he's a guy that you kind of need shot blocks from him, especially Mm -hmm. on DraftKings to get that value. And it's like, does Chicago even generate enough for him to, you know, really be a shot block threat here tonight? So um, I, you know, I do like Dougie for sure um, in this matchup. Um, I, you know, if you want to pay down, I always say um, go to Ryan Graves because he's a guy that can score. He definitely jumps up in the play. I think those are the two guys I would look at on the Devils side. If you want to go super cheap, I think Damon Severson is fine because they their second power play unit does get some time and it is a decent power play matchup for them. So I, I think Severson's passable, but it would be Hamilton and Graves that I'd look to the most on the Chicago side, like maybe jack johnson for blocks like he's probably gonna have to block a lot of shots tonight um if new jersey's on their game so maybe jack johnson but i think I'd, it'd be more devil's guys that i'd be looking for on the blue line for sure agree there as we mentioned off the top we are sponsored by bet mgm and we have another great deal for you you can uh get a bet mgm risk-free bet up to a thousand dollars and two months of stochastic platinum for free all you got to do is sign up with ben mgm make your first wager and let's go through the steps i will tell you how to do it so you don't have to hear me stumble through whatever that was create a free stochastic membership using the form below or log in if you already have a, a stochastic account it's pretty easy there click the large bet mgm button that appears after registering or logging in it's big. You won't miss it, says BetMGM. Then complete the necessary steps with BetMGM, like creating a BetMGM sports account, which is very easy. I'm sure you've created sportsbooks accounts before with DraftKings, FanDuel, etc. It's all the same. You got to deposit at least $10, depending on what your risk-free bet wants to be. Like if you bet $10 and it loses, you'll get $10 back in free bets up to 1000 So then you do that. You make your first paid bet. Your bet must settle to qualify for the stochastic subscription. Easy enough. After that, you'll receive an email from BetMGM, not from Stochastic. You get it from MGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Use the link in the description. It is much easier. And if you have issues with the email, you can always contact Stochastic Support as well. They will help you. So, yeah, that's fun. That was a mouthful, and I'm glad that read is over. Columbus Blue Jackets, 2.6 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 4 total. We just had a 3.8. The Devils have a 3.9. Pittsburgh Penguins have a 4 total. Elvis Merzlikens and Tristan Yari confirmed. couple big game time decisions here for the Penguins. Crosby 
Malkin and one other, right? Well, those are those are the only two that really matter. Yeah, Crosby and Malkin are game time decisions. Malkin was at morning skate. Crosby was in the building, whatever that means. I mean, it was an optional skate, so we really don't have a clue. It seems like Malkin's trending towards playing. Big question mark on Crosby, I would guess. And uh, yeah, the most expensive lines on the slate is in this game, and it's not Pittsburgh. It is the Columbus top line at 22,200 on DraftKings. That's quite a scene. Um, I guess they'd be like pretty contrarian tonight. And also, like, it's not the worst power play spot. So, like, I guess you'll get them at really low ownership. And, the, you know, if they do some work on the power play, especially if Crosby or Malkin out, they could be a sneaky GPP option. But assuming Crosby and Malkin are in, which I'm doing right now, I think this is the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, um, you're right. Uh, that Columbus top line, 22200 more expensive than the Dallas top line um, tonight. Obviously, the reason for that is if Columbus really scores a lot of goals, it's the top line is going to be involved. It's kind of like that Colorado um, issue. Um, you know, maybe not with Nathan McKinnon out now, but <laughs> I mean, those injuries just keep piling up. But that's kind of why you're seeing um, pretty high projections on them. Um, you know, our DK projections do have them for 38.9 points, which is just behind the Pittsburgh top line. Um, and it's ahead of the Tampa top line that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, it's because the scoring is concentrated on Gojo, Jenner, and Line A when, when Columbus actually does do something. And looking at the Columbus power play, I don't think people kind of realize how good it's been um over the last little while um we were making fun of it earlier in the season because i think they had one power play goal in the first 10 games or something like that yeah they're a top five power play team uh over the last four weeks basically since they lost warensky and bean and all those guys um top five in the league um now one issue uh for columbus uh and their power play is they draw the fewest power plays of any team in the league. So, you know, they might only get two or three chances here tonight. Um, the Pittsburgh penalty kill, you're right, has struggled quite a bit this season. It's been getting a little bit better over the last few weeks, but still not great. Um, you know, a big part of it is their goaltending um, kind of saving them a little bit. So it's, it is a good power play spot for Columbus. But again, it's kind of that, you know, comparative price issue that we talked about um with the uh, Detroit top line about how, you know, you could go Carolina, you could go Los Angeles or whatever. It's the same thing here. It's like, do you want to play Columbus or do you want to play Dallas for, you know, they're basically the same price. Dallas will be a little bit higher owned, but which line would you rather play? And it's like, I would probably rather play Dallas at home, even if it's against Toronto and not in Pittsburgh, you know, I'd rather play the home team um, just in a nutshell anyway. So, if, if I had 50 lineups to play tonight, I would probably have a few Columbus. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to be playing 10. I don't think I'm going to get to any Columbus, but I, like, I don't hate the idea of using them in a nutshell. Um, they can absolutely get there, especially like, especially if, you know, seven or six thirty Eastern rolls around and they say Crosby and Malkin are both out. No Crosby, no Malkin, no Latang. Um, that would be a pretty big hit. Uh, to the Pittsburgh lineup. So, you know, maybe um, switch a lineup around at, at 630 Eastern if we get some news. But I think it's a Pittsburgh game here. 
I do like the Pittsburgh second line. Now they're coming in obviously with more ownership because um, they are uh, so much cheaper, but that second line has been, you know, relatively good offensively. Their last uh, three weeks together, 2.9 expected goals for um, playing 16 and 19 minutes. I was looking at Columbus's numbers with Jenner and, uh, and Godro off the ice this season. And they're not surprised. They're not good. Um, like 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes, around four actual goals against. Um, the Columbus depth just isn't there, especially with all those defensemen injured. So I really do like that Pittsburgh second line. It's kind of like a filler. They are coming in with a lot of ownership, like I said. So, you know, maybe you want to throw in Jeff Petrie, make it a four-man, or, you know, do double center with Crosby and Malkin, assuming they're both in, and then add, you know, Zucker or Rust or something like that. I think those are kind of the ways – uh, to attack this game. So uh, either of the Pittsburgh top two lines definitely in play here for me. Uh, Price-wise, I do like Pittsburgh too. But, um, you know, Pittsburgh won, especially with Raquel uh, jumping to the top power play unit. Um, certainly uh, one of the top plays here on the slate. Like there's a reason uh, their top two stack percentage is fourth um, by our top stacks over on DraftKings. So Pittsburgh won, definitely in a good spot. Uh, no issue playing them. I think I might be leaning towards Pittsburgh too here personally. Yeah, I. this is a game where you have to be paying attention. Well, all games, you really have to be paying attention. But this one specifically, be around for warm-ups to make sure, you know, Crosby and Malkin are in or out. It's kind of important. On the blue line here, Gavrikov got hurt in the last game. He came back in the third but didn't play too much. We'll have to wait and see. I, I didn't see any news on him. He's a little expensive anyway, 4400 yeah, well, they didn't say anything for sure, but the beat writers seem to think that he'll be out tonight. Yeah, so <laughs> or no, he's in. Sorry, I was looking. I was looking at a different tweet. It looks like they think he's going to be in. Gavrikov might be in. Yeah, forty four hundred's a bit expensive. So I don't even know if I'm going to be getting to anything on the Columbus side anyway. Maybe good Branson. <laughs> um, well, that's about it on the Pittsburgh side. It's it's probably just Petrie or maybe Marcus Pe- uh, Pedersen. Yeah, I don't mind Pedersen at his price, 3600 I think that's pretty reasonable um, for, you know, he'll probably play around 22, 23 minutes here tonight um, with Latang out. So, uh, yeah, I agree. It'd be Petrie or Pedersen. Um, on the Columbus side, I, like, I kind of agree with playing good Branson. Um, he's playing, you know, 20-plus minutes. He loves blocking shots. Um, he's probably going to have to block a lot from the Pittsburgh side here tonight. So, at least on DraftKings, I do um, like good Branson. Um, you know, if you want to play Andrew Peak, I think Peak is fine as well, but it'd be probably one of those cheap guys for me. For sure. St. Louis Blues with a 2.5 total back to back on the road going into Long Island. That sucks. The New York Islanders have a 3.1 total. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan. But you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Bennington went last night, so it's probably going to be Tomas Grice. Like, how bad does Tomas Grice have to be that he can't surplant Bennington as the starter right now? Maybe the contract has something to do with it. Uh, Ilya Sorokin, probable for the Islanders. This game is a five and a half total, which is a rare sight today in today's NHL. I want to get behind some Islanders lines here. I just, I just don't like, I just don't like them. If you want a one-off Barzell, I think that's fine. You want to go. If I was going to stack anything, it'll probably be that uh, Cliffy's client line, and go from there. I don't mind St. Louis one. Yeah, it is the Brock Nelson line um, that I wrote about in that picks article. I wrote about Brock Nelson specifically. One thing that I mentioned with Nelson is that he wasn't a guy that typically put up a lot of shots. Like if you look at recent seasons, like 2.3, 2.4, 2.5 shots per game, something like that. He's at three shots per game this season, which isn't like a massive number, um, but it is a higher floor and it's kind of softened, you know, the shooting percentage regression that he got from last year. Cause I think he shot like 21% last year down to like 15% or 16% this year, which, um, you know, it's a big decline, but he's shooting a lot more. So he's still on pace for almost 40 goals. Um, the, one of the big reasons, well, there's two reasons that I like the Nelson Beauvillier uh, Lee line here tonight. One is the way the Islanders do typically run their lines. Um, you know, Nelson Lee Beauvillier would probably see a fair bit um, of that Buchnevich uh, Thomas Tarasenko line. I guess it depends which line the Islanders consider the top line. I think the Rangers were considering the Thomas line, the, the top line last night um, for matchup purposes. Um, but either of those two St. Louis lines that we talked about on yesterday's show, I don't think will be very good defensively. Um, Shen and Ryan O'Reilly in 75 minutes together this season, 3.4 expected goals against, 6.9 actual goals against for 60 minutes. Um, just really bad defensive numbers. Last night, um, they had three, they were at 3.0 expected goals against. Um, it, so whether they match up against Thomas and Tarasenko or whether they match up against Shen and O'Reilly, um, with Shen and Cairo next to O'Reilly, he there's just way too many defensive liabilities on his wings. So I think it's a really good ma- matchup for Nelson, uh, Beauvillier, um, and Lee. Uh, they do have um, they have struggled a little bit defensively on on their own. So you know it would bring St. Louis into play for me, like you mentioned, St. Louis won. But Ilias Rokin's in net, and that really uh, takes a little bit of bite out of uh, the excitement that I would have for playing St. Louis. So one of the reasons is the five on five matchup for Lee Nelson Beauvillier. I think it's pretty good. The other reason is while St. Louis doesn't take a lot of penalties, I think they're still the least penalized team in the league. Um, they took for, one against the Rangers yesterday. Yeah. For time shorthand per game, I'm pretty sure they're it's the fewest in the league, but they also have the worst penalty kill in the league over the last five weeks. Um, whether you're looking at shots against shot attempts, uh, goals allowed, doesn't matter. Um, worst penalty kill in the league and the Islanders power play has actually been good um, fairly consistently for them. So I don't think they even really need more than like two or three power plays to get on the board here tonight. You have Nelson and Lee both on the top power play unit. So, you know, if you want to leave off Beauvillier, you can do that, but he's been shooting a little bit more lately um, and his, um, his price is pretty reasonable. You know, that's one of those mid-priced lines um, that I would be looking towards tonight. Um, they're coming in at about 5% owned, which is perfectly fine. Like, 
We usually try to avoid this line when they're coming in at like 12 or 13%. That doesn't look like it's going to be the case tonight. So the Islanders too, for me, on the St. Louis side, it would be um, the Buchnevich, Tarasenko, Thomas line that I would go to. They have been very, very good um, offensively. 3.2 expected goals for, 4.0 actual goals for. They're all playing like 18 to 20 minutes um, every night. They're all on the same power play, but it's not a good power play spot going up against the Islanders. Um, they do have to face Ilya Sorokin. It is a back-to-back on the road. Um, they're coming in a little bit over-owned for their price. So, um, you know, if I, I again, it's one of those places where if I was playing 50 lineups, I might have a few of that St. Louis line where I'm sitting at about 10. I don't think I'm going to get to them. Um, I wouldn't begrudge anybody for playing them. Sorokin does have bad games once in a while. I just think it's a really tough matchup. And, then, you know, for relatively the same price, um, just a little bit higher, um, you know, an extra 1500, you can play the Islanders second line. So I'll just go with them. Yeah. I, I watched the Rangers, like the blues took one penalty yesterday and the Rangers scored right off the draw. <laughs> like like Bucinavich and Ryan O'Reilly were the guys up top and they let Adam Fox just walk right in and just ping one up to the top corner. Like it was one of the worst penalty kills I've ever seen. If they take a couple penalties tonight, the Islanders could be in business. Um, on the blue line, I think Colton Pareko makes sense on both sides. He's cheap. He's thirty six hundred on FanDuel as well. Like Tory Krug is thirty eight hundred on DraftKings, but he's like sixty three hundred or something random on FanDuel. So Pareko, I think, is fine on uh, both sides. On the Islander side, like it's kind of a tough. It's, it's like it's a good spot for Noah Dobson, just like it was a good spot for Adam Fox yesterday you just you just need the blues to take some penalties so i i probably if you want to include them i guess that's fine but otherwise i'll probably go with like pellet or pellet or pulak yeah dobson the most expensive defenseman on the slate um that includes you know dougie hamilton um brent burns aaron ekblad it's pretty wild um i think he's a little too expensive i i wouldn't you know if you have the money if you have a line of um, where you can fit him in. I wouldn't say, you know, get away from him. I do think it is a decent spot for him. Um, but I'd probably be looking down towards the cheaper guys. Like, I'm probably be looking at, like, Scott Mayfield or Adam Pellick, you know, the sub-4K guys. Uh, you know, pretty much every Islanders defenseman, except for Sebastian Ajo, plays, like, 19 to 21 minutes. So they're all relatively equal other than Dobson because he gets, he gets those power play minutes. Um, on the blue side, not a good spot for Tory Krug in that power play. So, like, Krug is fine, but I would probably um, just stay away from him. Like, Colton Pareko, his price both on DraftKings has come down. I think he's fine to play. I think he's more acceptable on FanDuel, though. He's only, like, 36. I think Pareko's been 3,600 this entire season on FanDuel. I would have to go back to check, but I don't think his price has moved on FanDuel, but he's fine there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- a lot of you are stochastic members in our chat, and that's fine. But we have a three-day NHL free trial for you, which you can get today and use all of our free tools for this massive, massive slate. It's for new users only, and it's a risk-free trial. You get full access to everything NHL that we have to offer. Projections, ownership, top stacks, rankings. Like, what else do you need? We are you already get the, my face and Cliffy's face for free. You might as well get the tools that we talk about to go with it. You can join our community. You give everything a test drive for free. Who doesn't like test driving expensive cars? I don't. 
I usually crash them. But for NHL DFS, this is different. Get your three-day free trial. This is the best slate of – like, this is probably the best slate to do it. Get three days. If you want to continue your membership, continue it. Give it a try. Florida Panthers, 3.2 total heading into Winnipeg. The flow charts also have a 3.2 total. Spencer Knight, Connor Hellbuck, both confirmed. Now, we had a little discussion about said flow chart before the show. Flow chart normally would say play them here because it's a tough matchup, but the Panthers are decimated with injuries. Spencer Knight's the better goalie here than Bobrovsky. Spencer Knight might actually might be one of the better goalies in the NHL. The ownership on Winnipeg is low enough to the point where I still think you can play him here. Like chalk Winnipeg is always a mess, but Winnipeg coming in under 4%, I think is playable. does give me some pause with Knight in net. Um, this game, I, I think this is more of an MME game for me. Yeah, I was actually kind of gung-ho on playing Shifley, Wheeler, and Perfidi. Um, Ho and playing Blake Wheeler. Very nice. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> I would not have predicted that at the start of the season. They have been pretty good together. Uh, 3.2 expected goals for, 5.1 actual goals for in their 85 minutes together. Um, and the way Winnipeg runs their lines, Shifley, Wheeler, Perfidi would not see any um, of that top line from Florida. They wouldn't see any of the Bennett-Kachuk matchup. Um, they'd see the second and third lines. And as you mentioned, Florida really going through with injuries as well. They're going to be without Alexander Barkov and Anton Lundell again here tonight. Um, those are their top two centers. Um, so, you know, they are kind of thin down the middle. It's why Sam Bennett was in the picks article. It's because he's probably going to play 19 or 20 minutes again here. Um, tonight. So I did have a lot of interest in Winnipeg one um, Spencer Knight starting kind of tempers that interest. It's, it's um, you know, I I'd almost say it's akin to Dallas now where I treat Spencer Knight, like I would treat Jake Ottinger and I treat Sergey Bobrovsky, like I would treat Scott Wedgwood. Um, that's just kind of where we are at this point. Now you don't want to completely alter your entire approach just because one goalie's playing over the other. And you're right. That Shifley Wheeler perfidi line coming in with pretty low ownership. They're not that expensive. They have been playing well. They're going to get some good second and third line matchups uh, against Florida. Florida is one of the more penalized teams in the NHL. 3.8 times shorthanded per game. I think the league average is around 3.4. So, um, it is a pretty good matchup for uh, Wheeler and Shifley uh, skating on that top power play unit as well. I don't mind Winnipeg one here tonight. Um, I spent, it's just, you know, I'm only running, like I said, 10 lineups and Spencer Knight is giving me a little bit of pause. And there are other lines in that like 15 to $18,000 range that I really do like here tonight. So um I think flowchart, considering no Barkoff and Lundell, would tell us to stay away from this game. I think you're still fine to play Winnipeg 1. Um, like I said, they have been playing well. It's a good matchup, but I don't know if I'm going to get to them here tonight. Winnipeg 2, I don't really kind of have that much interest here. They Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois, 2.6 expected goals, 4 per 60 minutes, 1.9 actual goals. Connor's five-on-five shot rate has really taken a, a, a nosedive of late, I think pretty much since he left Mark Shifley's wing. Um, so I, I don't really have a lot of interest in Connor Dubois. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure they're moving Michael Essamont up to that line. 
he's been on the fourth line all year. Like it just screams Evgeny Svechnikov from last year. You know what I mean? So uh, no Winnipeg two for me. I think Winnipeg one is very much in play here tonight on the Florida side. I do like the spot for the Florida top line, but man, that ownership really kind of took me back. Um, the Florida top line coming in 13% projected ownership here tonight, still with positive leverage because the price isn't super high. Um, so you're still getting positive leverage with Kachuk for Hagee and Bennett, and they have been very good in a small sample. Um, you know, Bennett and Kachuk have been playing well together all season long and Winnipeg uses the third line in the shutdown matchup. And that third line is at like 41 expected percent expected cold share this year. <laughs> it's not good, We're but down, it, baby. it's the same thing. It's the same kind of problem. I think only more severe is that you're facing Connor Hellebach, who's been arguably the best goalie in the NHL this year, if not, you know, amongst the top two or three. Um, he's just one of the best goalies in the league. So um, I think with all that ownership on Florida, it'd be Winnipeg one that I actually like the most here tonight. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And before we get to the blue line, we have a 499 super chat from Chuck Dynasty. Thank you very much. I'll put it up on the screen. Which third wheel would you rather leave off your stacks? Jarvis, Bovillier, or Tatar? It's a tough question. Like Jarvis and Bovillier both get power play two time and they play a a touch more minutes than Tatar. Tatar's in the in the highest total of those three. I think for me it would be Tatar. Um I, I I'm not sure there's an easy answer here. Yeah, I, I'll go with Beauvillier would be the guy that I would leave off just because I think of those three lines of New Jersey one, um, of Islanders two and of Carolina one, I think Islanders two is, you know, quote, the worst line of the three. Um, they do, you know, they do have a lower total um, than Carolina, much lower. Um, like I said, Carolina can score across three lines, but um, it would probably be Beauvillier for me. Um, he has been a little bit inconsistent, but I actually do like all three of those guys um, as third wheels tonight. I don't think you have to leave any of them off, but of the three, it would be Beauvillier for me. Yeah, that's a better answer. I do like all three guys as well. I should have led with that. But yeah, I don't think you have to, but if you do have fun making that decision, I'd never like making those decisions. Um, let's get to the blue line and the Panthers uh, Jets game. Aaron Ekblad, cheaper than Josh Morrissey. Much rather play Aaron Ekblad here. I guess Morrissey's fine in stacks, but like I'm not doing it. Brennan Dillon probably for some shot blocks is fine. Gustav Forsling's kind of in no man's land price, 5,200. He's okay. That's probably about it. Yeah, Morrissey's kind of in that Sergachev realm for me where he probably needs a three-point bonus to really have a great DFS night. And I think that's just asking a lot from a defenseman that – Hasn't shown anything close to this level of point production in his career. And it's only been, you know, about a third of a season. I wouldn't don't want to read a whole lot into it. I think it would be cheap guys for me from Winnipeg, um, either Dylan or Schmidt. Uh, on the Florida side, um, you know, with Radko Gudis out, you might see some more minutes for the top guys. So I do think Aaron Ekblad uh, definitely in play here. Um, I would probably play Ekblad or Forsling. And if I'm not playing one of them, I wouldn't play anybody from Florida. Toronto Maple Leafs, 3.2 total heading into Dallas. The Stars have a 3.3 total. Matt Murray, Jake Ottinger confirmed. Dallas top line, 22,000 a full stack. 
and like that doesn't seem expensive for what they've done this season. I think it's a fair price, like Jason Robertson, eighty eight hundred. Like that's a fair price, I think, on DraftKings. Like he could be priced like Pasternak, and I wouldn't bunk an eye. Like this is a fair price. This matchup is interesting because Bunting Matthews, Nylander haven't been elite defensively by any stretch. They're more average defensively. Dallas top line coming in around 7%, which is fair. Like, I think of the top line in this game, I prefer Dallas one. I, I think there is some merit to going to Toronto here. I just – this is a tough one because it's two pretty good teams. Yeah, uh, I will say this isn't a game where I'm looking for second and third line specifically. Um, you know, Nick Robertson playing on that Toronto second line – think he can help them out a bit offensively, but he probably does make them quite a bit worse defensively than it would be otherwise. Um, Marchman and Sagan have been playing. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot better defensively of late. Um, I think without Denis Gurianov on that line, it's kind of helping the defense. <laughs> like, sorry to say, but that's just kind of the way it is. Um, so Sagan, Marchman, um, and Faxa. Faxa got benched last game, if I'm not mistaken, but I think it was because of a stupid penalty or something. Yeah, it was like a really that. dumb penalty. Like, yeah. really dumb. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I just think it's a tough matchup for Toronto, too. Like, um, you know, Robertson probably won't play a ton of minutes. Even John Tavares might only play, like, 17 or 18 or something like that. It's the top lines for me in this game. Um, both top lines have kind of seen their defensive numbers slide of late. Since Nylander, or since Marner left Matthews' wing, um, the Toronto top line, like you alluded to, not great defensively. 3.1 expected goals against for 60 minutes. That's really, really high uh, for a Toronto. It's high in general. It's really high for uh, an Austin Matthews line. Usually they're a lot better defensively than that. Um, I think you know, they're, we talk about Nylander and Matthews a lot. I, I just, I think it's working out right now because they're getting great goaltending. It's 3.1 expected goals against, but only 1.1 actual goals against because the goaltending behind them has been almost 975 on five. Yeah, you, Matt yeah, you can't think um, that's going to persist all season. And the Dallas top line is, you know, their uh, offensive numbers have still been really, really good. Over three expected goals per 60 minutes in the last 100 minutes together. Over four goals per 60 minutes over the last um, 100 minutes together. Still skating 18 to 20 minutes a night. J Jason Robertson still shooting a ton. Um, you know, I think both top lines are definitely in play here. But I agree with you. In a nutshell, I would be going to Dallas 1. Um, I'll just take the home team. Um, 
with a line that has been that has proven a lot more offensively, has been more reliable offensively. I know they're a lot more expensive, um, but that's just kind of the way I feel here. I think Toronto one's in play, especially where um, Dallas has been taking a lot of penalties, three point nine times shorthanded per game this season. Um, I think that's like third or fourth in the league or something like that. So uh, Toronto one's definitely in play for me. But if you're asking me to pick one line in this game, it's the Dallas top line. Yeah, I agree. Haven't decided what I want to do with Dallas here yet. Um, they're definitely going to be in the conversation for my one lineup. I don't know if they're going to get in there, but we'll find out. Let's move to the blue line. On the Dallas side, you can add in Miro Haskinen, I guess. Like, he's kind of in that boat. Like, he has started to shoot a bit more, but, like, not enough to where like, oh yeah, I got to put him in with the, with Dallas one stacks. I think you can leave him off. You can add him in if you want. Essel and Dell is fine at 3,200. The Finnish Jake Yanni Hockenpa, 3,100 is also fine. On the Leafs side, if you want to add in Sandine for the power play, I think this is a fairly good power play. Like Toronto is probably going to get a fair bit of power plays here for a so for 2,800. I think that's fine. If not, Justin Hole is fine. Timothy Lilligren's fine. Giordano's creeping up a little bit, but 4,100 is still fine. Yeah, Giordano, I think his price makes a little bit more sense on FanDuel, um, but he's, you know, he's playable regardless. Um, I think the guy I would look to on the Toronto side is probably actually Justin Hall, um, just because he's playing the most minutes and that could lead to a lot of shot blocks, especially on DraftKings. So I do like him. On the Dallas side, yeah, it's Esselindel. I think uh, same reason. I think he could probably rack up the shot blocks for you on DraftKings here tonight. Yep, 150 of y'all in here. Please smash that like button. It helps us out so much. Subscribe, like, and subscribe, especially if you like this free content. It helps us bring it to you guys every day. Uh, so please hit that like button. Even if you don't like our faces, smash the like button. Carolina Hurricanes, 3.7 total heading into Anaheim. The Ducks have a 2.3 total, 2.3 home total, I should add. That's really awful. Um, Pyotr Kuchikochetkov and John Gibson are probable. Tebu Teravainen returned over the weekend, so Jarvis Aho Neches top line. Svechnikov, Kakniemi, Teravainen second line. Ducks, Henrik, Zegers, Terry still together. After that, they just kind of, you know, pick names out of a hat. Hurricanes desperately need a second line center. Um, I think this is a good power, a really good power play spot for the Hurricanes. So if you had a full stack line, it would be that top line to get to Aho Netches on the top power play. Jarvis's game has picked up a bit over the past few games. So Carolina one, I think, is my preferred option. But if you want a power play stack, that's fine. I don't think I'll be getting to any 2.3 total ducks. If it is anything, it would be the top line, but they're getting more ownership than I want. And another thing about that ducks top line, they had a morning skate today, but they didn't tweet lines. Um, not that I saw anyway. The only thing I saw was that Max Comtois is going to be playing with Jakob Silverberg. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and Anaheim's last game, their lines went like into a blender would be an understatement. <laughs> Like, I think Trevor Zegers played with just about every forward that they had um, in their last game. That really worries me because in a nutshell, I would have a little bit of interest in Gibson, or Gibson, in Henrik Zegers and Terry. Um, they have been pretty good offensively this season. Um, you know, if Anaheim's going to score, it's going to come from that line. 
but we don't know if that line is for sure going to start the game together. And it's at 10 p.m. Eastern start. There's only one more game um, that starts at that time on this slate. So if they are, bro- you know, Zegers and Terry are broken up, you wouldn't want to play either of them. And then, you know, then you're fishing from only three other teams uh, to make a line stack. So I, I, it's just not even a good matchup anyway. You know what I mean? So like, I don't see the real need um, to go to the Anaheim side on Carolinas. Carolinas like New Jersey. Um, like we talked about earlier, they have three lines that can score, which is why you don't see a lot of ownership on any one line, even though they have a really high total. Like this isn't, you know, this is a Colorado coming into town with a 3.7 total um, with all the goals coming from three forwards. Um, this is Carolina where, you know, they have, you know, nine or 10 forwards that could legitimately score. Now, with all that said, Jarvis Ajo and Natchez is where I'm looking towards. And the reason is this, Sveshnikov and Kakaniemi have played um, about 100 minutes this year uh, without Martin Natchez. In that time, 2.2 expected goals for 0.6 actual goals for Kakaniemi has been one of the worst offensive players in hockey this season. And that's like not just conjecture or something like that. He has either still the lowest or close to the lowest five-on-five point rate, primary point rate of any player in the league this year, of any forward in the league this year, sorry. And his expected goals for impacts are awful this season. Now, he's still good defensively, so their defensive numbers are fine. The offensive numbers are just god-awful. He's just really dragging Svech down. Um, And that's why I'm staying away from Carolina, too. So Carolina won Jarvis, Ajo, and Natchez. Um, only 55 minutes together this year, but 3.5 expected goals for per 60 minutes, 4.3 actual goals for Ajo and Jarvis in over 450 minutes last year together scored like 3.5 goals per 60 minutes. Like Ajo and Jarvis have just been really, really good together over the last couple seasons. And Natchez is like one of the breakout stars in the NHL this year. So I really do like that Carolina top line here. It's a great matchup against a really bad um, defensive uh, Anaheim team. Um, You know, Anaheim is taking a lot of penalties uh, so far this season. Um, They're at about 3.6 times shorthanded per game, um, while Carolina is at about 3.6 power play opportunities per game. So Carolina's top power play, which includes Ajo and Natchez, might get a fair bit of run here tonight. So I, you know... If we had for sure confirmation that the Zegers, Terry, Henry Klein was together, I would be considering them. But where we don't have any confirmation, there's only two late games. I'm not risking it. It's Carolina one for me. Yeah. I don't think, you know, you should rely on 2.3 totals at home to be, you know, jamming in to your lineups anyway. (laughs) Um, That's just, it's just the recipe for disaster. Let's move to the blue line. Brent Burns in a very good spot here, 6,300 on DraftKings. If you can't get to him, I think uh, Brett Pesci or Brady Shea are fine. On the duck side, I guess Ken Fowler is fine. But other than that, like I'm not really looking at anybody. Yeah, Brent Burns was in my picks article because it is a pretty good power play spot for Carolina. So I do like Burns uh, here tonight. He's one of my favorite expensive defensemen. I mean, he'll probably be one of the more higher-owned um, expensive defensemen as well, but um, I think it's a good spot for him. Brett Pesci, if you don't want to pay up, I think would be the guy. Um, he's been putting up a good peripherals, good value. On the Anaheim side, now, you know, Kulikov at 3,700, I think is playable as one of those, you know, maybe he gets three shot blocks and donks and assists somehow. 
um, type of guys because he will play enough minutes. So it'd probably be Kulikov if anybody, but I think it's the Carolina defenseman I'd be looking towards. Yep. Let's get to the last game of the night. Montreal Canadiens have a 2.4 total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 3.7 total that has come down a bit throughout the day. They're up at 3.9. Earlier, Jake Allen probably going. They're on back-to-back, and Dikembe Montembeau went last night. Martin Jones, Party Marty, confirmed for the Kraken. Shane Wright back in the lineup looks like he will slot in onto that third line between Gord and Bjorkstrand. Like Seattle has a massive total and they're not getting much ownership just because they're a nightmare to stack. I think if anything, I'll go to the McCann Beneers Everly line. If you want to play Schwartz and Burakovsky and Wenberg, that's fine. Both of those lines get two guys on the power play. So there's a good power play spot. Montreal, like I don't know if I'm gonna get to anything. Like Seattle's a pretty good defensive team. It's just always a question mark in in net. So like if you get to some Montreal one, I guess that's fine. But like back to back on the road, nine game slate, not really looking to force that in. Yeah, I I don't mind the idea of playing Montreal one here tonight. Um, the thing is, is Seattle have been using uh, Gordon Bjorkstrand as a shutdown uh, line at home, but with Shane right there, like, are they going to demote him to the NHL, recall him after five games, and then put him in a shutdown matchup at home? Like, I don't think so, but, I mean, we'll find out. Um, so it might change the line matching a little bit here. Sean Monaghan left the Montreal game last night, like halfway through. I doubt he plays tonight. That actually um, kind of hurts a little bit uh, for them. Um, he'd actually been playing well, like, in second, third line minutes, um, even though he had been playing some heavy um, ice time, especially uh, where he'd been getting some top power play time. But it is um, – the Schwartz, uh, Burakovsky, and Wenberg line that I did write up because they they tend to play the most minutes for Seattle, um, and they weren't getting the shutdown matchups, which means you know you'd be getting um, you know the, the Dvorak and the Donoff line or something like that, or you know Jake Evans and and Yuri uh, or something like that. Like those are the matchups that uh, Wenberg's line would probably be be going into. So it'd be Wenberg Schwartz. Uh, in Bjorkstrand or and uh, Burakovsky, sorry, that I would be playing here, but I think I'm with you. It's e- either that or the Beneers line are both equally acceptable. They're only a thousand dollars apart, they're coming in relatively the same ownership, relatively the same top two stacks. So I think they're both fine here. I don't wonder if Beneers, McCann, and Everly doesn't become the new shutdown line with Shane Wright back in the lineup. Um, we'll see how that works out, but uh, Burakovsky, Schwartz, and Wenberg is where I'm going to. Um, they have been scoring, they have been playing well, um, they get the most ice time. So that's where I am with Seattle, uh, like on the Montreal side, like I'm kind of tempted to play that top line. Like we have seen Martin Jones just absolutely get destroyed. Like he allowed like 17 goals over three starts or something like that. It was just something terrible. Now he had a good run um, before that, but I think he kind of showed like just how bad he really can be. So I don't mind that Montreal one line, even on a, a road back to back, just because I don't think Party Marty um, is really up to the task. But they're another one of those lines that are kind of in that mid price range where, you know, I'd, I'll just go to the New Jersey top line or I'll just go to the Carolina top line or I'll just go to like the Islander second line or something like that instead. So I think that's kind of where I am. Yep. Agreed. Let's move to the blue line. Vinny Dunn. 
power play quarterback, 4,500. He's on DraftKings. It's fair price on, on FanDuel. He's wildly priced. I think Adam Larson's also fine. Carson Soucy, min price. Although there is another min price guy on the other side that you really like, Jonathan Kovacevic, min price for Montreal. Um, either him or Mike Matheson. Yeah, it was Govacevic played nearly 23 minutes last night. Now, I know they went to overtime, but I still think that was the second most minutes behind Mike Matheson. Um, that was with David Savard out of the lineup. So, um, yeah, Kovacevic should probably be my uh, $2,500 punt du jour today um, if you need a $2,500 defenseman. Don't mind Oleksiak. He's been playing like 20 minutes a game. He's a guy I don't want to play when he's playing like 16, 17 at 3,300 or 3,200. But 3,300 in 20 minutes a game, I think he's perfectly fine. So I don't mind Alexiak um, here as well. He would probably be the guy I would go to um, if I don't go uh, to Vince Dunn. Big rig season. We love it. Um, coming up after us at 5.30, we have the NBA Deeper Dive. Of course, I forgot to write down who's in it. I think it's Josh Angleman. You got to help me if I'm wrong. And then there's NBA Live before lock on after that. Who you liking in net tonight? A lot of options, it seems. Yeah, Connor Hellebuck, especially on DraftKings, I think um, he probably comes in double-digit ownership, but it's a pretty good matchup in a, without, you know, Florida without Barkov and Lundell. Um, Ilya Sorokin, he's in play for me basically every time he steps on the ice. Reasonable enough at 8K on DraftKings. Um, Anton Forsberg, I think uh, – or no, Cam Talbot, sorry. Cam Talbot's starting for Ottawa. Like, I don't mind him. I think it would be more of a play over on FanDuel um, in the home matchup. Uh, another FanDuel goalie, Pyotr Kochekov, uh, Kuchi. Don't mind him on FanDuel as well. Uh, for a really yeah, for a really cheap goalie, uh, the guy playing the team where we always say, come for the expected goal, stay for the shutout. Don't mind John Gibson for super cheap at home against Carolina. Yeah, I would suggest a racing harness if you're gonna put if you're gonna put John Gibson into into your lineup. That could be a bumpy ride. I'll just add Spencer Knight to your list there. Don't mind him at 7,900. Who you looking for your hat trick pick? We're going to the bolts, baby. Braden Point. Let's do it. I would be remiss if I didn't stay on brand here. I'm gonna go Arthur Kaliev. I love it. I hope he does it tonight. I'm it was really the most sure. obvious. Like if you've ever talked to me about anything in NHL, you know, I've like <laughs> I've compared Arthur Kaliev to Nikita Kucherov because Kucherov did play his first few seasons on the Tampa fourth line, saw the same progression. So hopefully Kaliev can do it. So for my co-host son Cliffy, I am Josh Harris. Good luck, everybody. Tonight we'll be in Discord, we'll be on Twitter. Hope one of y'all win big tonight. I hope we win big tonight as well, but if we don't, I hope it's you. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.